Podcasting from a sex writing cave somewhere in the middle of the internet, this is The Smut Lancer Show, a weekly podcast where we discuss writing about sex and getting paid to do it. The Smut Lancer Podcast is hosted by Kayla Lords and Molly Moore, two sex bloggers who have more ideas than they have time in the day. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smut Lancer Podcast is produced weekly, except during those times when we finally admit we need a mini vacation. Show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. When you're ready to take your smut lancing career to a new level, join the Smut Lancers community on Patreon. For as little as $5 per month, you can ask questions, get answers, and interact with both Molly and Kayla and an entire community of other people who create content about sex and want to get paid to do it. Head over to patreon.com slash thesmutlancers. That's patreon.com slash thesmutlancers to learn more. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Smut Lancers podcast with myself, Kayla Lords, and the fabulous, the wonderful, my good friend, Molly Moore. Um, <laughs> my spreadsheet says this is episode 71, so we're going with it. We're just going to yeah. go with numbers, and that's going to be a thing. Um, and this week, we are talking about goal setting, and I think we're talking about it early enough at the end of the year that even if you don't have time to listen right when it goes live, It'll still, it'll age well over the next six to eight weeks. <laughs> Just like us. Just, oh, yes, we're constantly aging well. Um, yeah. I am tempted. I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, side note that has nothing to do with anything. Uh, if you see this on Twitter or wherever else where people are doing the picture from 10 years ago versus the picture uh, of today. And there's a part of me that's like, I could maybe do that. But 10 years ago, I was heavily pregnant, which is not a thing. And also, I was very young and confused. I don't know if I want a picture of that. That was uh, the the pre-divorce, this is my life, really, picture. I don't know uh -huh. if that's the picture I want out on the internet. Right. Yeah, I haven't done it either. It's just, yeah. I think it's wrong moment. I think wrong moment for me yeah. 10 years ago. And then now where I am now, yeah. like I was looked at that and I was like, yeah, no, no. let's not go there. No, let's just move, move forward. Like I don't, I'm not even sure like, if, <sighs> for me personally. So this is, I'm purely speaking for me because other people feel differently about it. But for me, it will bring up those feelings of like, oh, look, 10 years ago, you weren't even 40 and you were at the slimmest you ever were and you didn't have gray hair and uh, and it will uh, ignite those feelings in me and that response in my brain. It's not helpful to me. And so it's just like, yeah, I want to look forward. I want to look forward to what I have to look forward to and build the future and not be like, oh, look back at that because that was, because it just makes you go, well, that was shit. Could you, have I just wasted 10 years? You know, it was like that. I don't know if you saw there was a tweet about, somebody did a tweet about, you know, what have you achieved this decade? Yes, I did. And I, I and loads of people, did you see my response? I did. After I did my very enthusiastic <laughs> response, I was like, oh, I, we are not on the same page about this at all. <laughs> no, but you see, I think that's the point. Like, I, you know, I'm, currently just in a little phase of my life where things are complicated and not ever what I was expecting to happen at this point and everything is changing and everything is difficult and it's like oh do fuck off like I you know what I don't know what's the last 10 years I don't know bust whatever so yeah it's just one of those things where I'm like no I can't think about that just look forward be be happy for the now as best I can 
And I think that's an excellent way to to look at that. I think it's it acknowledges some self-awareness. I mean, if you know looking back is only going to hurt and not help, then please don't do it. And frankly, most of the time, day to day, I'm a now and future thinking person. Um, I did enthusiastically take that tweet and go, oh, let's think about what I've done. And I saw a lot of the tweets from people who said, this makes me think I haven't accomplished anything. And all I could think was, well, let me think of what is meaningful to me that nobody else has to consider an accomplishment. They, it is meaningful to me. And it was a fun exercise in that moment because I'm in that headspace where I can do that. Um, I will be very curious because I intend on knowing you and loving you and doing all kinds of weird things on the internet with you in 10 years. I will be very curious how you'll feel a decade from now after you've gone through all of these changes and right. built a new future and what life is like. I, that will, will and you heard it there here is first. A part, right, there is a part of it that, that I will probably address at some point and think about because my blog is also 10 years old, about to be 10 years old on the 1st of Jan January. So, and I've been thinking about perhaps doing something around that, celebrating something around that. And I am hugely proud of my blog and hugely proud of the work that I have done there and how I have developed as a person, personally and sexually and creatively and as a writer and, you know, and all that is pivots around and pins around my blog. I think without my blog, none of that would ever have happened. So... You know, I can look back on that and go, okay, well, 10 years of that has been pretty amazing and I'm very proud of it. Obviously, there's still parts of it that are complicated and difficult for me as a result. But yeah, so in that sense, I'm not saying I haven't achieved anything in the last 10 years. I think it's literally just the place I'm in right now is making it really hard to look at that and be comfortable with all of it when actually I'm like, oh, there's a lot of that I just want to set aside right now and so if you're out there and you're like that like and you're looking and you're seeing all these tweets and you're seeing that stuff where you're like la 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 and it makes you feel like that just fuck it people put it to one side like you do not have to look back on the last 10 years and go what have i achieved you know it, you really don't it doesn't if if all that does is make you bring up feelings, negative feelings, or potentially feelings that make you feel crappy about yourself or what you've done, then fucking don't do it. Just put it to one side. Who gives a shit? Like, it, now counts and what happens tomorrow. Like, it, let it go. And, and I'm not claiming that I've let it go, but just, you know, you have to kind of, don't put yourself through more kind of trauma if those questions are difficult for you. That's what I think. I think that's brilliant. And I think that's a perfect segue because this entire episode is about future thinking. And like I said, as somebody who really, I mean, the joke around this house in my house and my family is I'm the least sentimental person ever. Like I'm not keeping little things the kids made when they were like, mm -hmm. you know, five. And I don't keep birthday cards and I don't remember things from ages ago. Like I just don't mm -hmm. um i'm constantly looking oh, forward we're so alike in so many ways i know it's, it's kind of scary it's uh also very validating to know i'm not the only one um so yeah i really enjoy future planning i struggle 
with being present and being in the now, I'm constantly like thinking, what am I going to do tomorrow? What are we going to achieve six months from now? Um, uh-huh. But it is also useful to think of those things. Um, and this is why we're going to talk about goal setting. Um, I am not quite sure where to begin because it's kind of a massive topic, but it, uh-huh. it's also, I don't think, a topic that anybody who would listen to this podcast would be unfamiliar with. I have a feeling that 99% of our listeners are probably like, oh yeah, I've been working on my 2020 goals since like June. You know, I've been thinking about next year since last year, you know. So I don't, I'm not all that interested in talking about here steps one through 10 of how to set your goals for 2020. But I do want to talk about it because I think there are different ways to approach it. And I think there are different things to think about. Um, I know my views on how I set my goals have changed over the past few years. Um, so let's start with you, Molly. How do you, how do you approach goal setting and figuring out what you want to do next and achieving those things? Okay. So this is quite an interesting topic for me in the sense that I would say quite for quite a long period of time, I didn't actually really do it. I very much managed this work that I do and developing myself and developing my blog in a kind of <clears throat> knee jerk's not the right word off the cuff that's a better word off the cuff fashion where I've been like what is presented to me what what feels like the thing to do do that or not in, in, in that sense so I wouldn't say I've ever in the lot you know previously been a massive goal planner I was very much like oh I've got an idea let's do that rather than what should I do next year? So if that like makes sense. Um, and, you know, from that, obviously I've developed various projects and, but they've very much been like, oh, here's a thing. This is an idea. Shall I do the idea? So that, this is kind of how I would approach it. I've had an idea or someone else has given me an idea or whatever the situation is, or I've been involved, asked to join a project or I've been offered work. And I'd look at that and go, well, do I want to do it? Is it beneficial? Blah, 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 blah. And then I'd decide, yes, I'm going to go with it or no, I'm not. So it, I would say mine is quite as it has been in the past very in the moment really um but recently the last year or so that has shifted i think actually eroticon i think changed it quite a bit for me because obviously like it takes the best part of a year to put eroticon together and so you've kind of got to have a bit more like like what is it what are we going to do how are we going to move forward so i think that changed it a little bit for me and also as I have developed various projects and taken on more work. It's become necessary because there's just more to manage. So it's like, okay, I need to think about where this fits in, what we're going to do. One of the things I've decided to do this year, I haven't done it yet. I really hope that I get to do it before the Christmas holidays. But at this rate, as I don't seem to have five minutes spare ever, I can see it's going to be something I'm going to end up doing over Christmas. But I want to write down every single project, let's call it, that I do. And to so, and pick, I, I do a lot of stuff and I feel like at the moment I'm probably doing too much stuff. And so I need to go through that and be like, you know, which, which of this stuff is useful to me? And that doesn't necessarily mean in the income sense of that word, because some projects that I do are useful to me creatively or me personally. And so that, and that's still valid, um, so, yeah, so that's one of the things I'm planning on doing is actually literally listing, like, everything I do 
and then seeing which of those things I'm like, actually, because something's got to go is basically what I've realized. And so it's kind of working out a process of what those things might be that need to go. Um, so I think I'm start looking at it in this next few months from a different point of view, it, rather than goal planning, rather than, you know, what things do I want to do? I'm oddly starting from a point of like, well, what things do I want to stop doing? Um, in order to create some space as well for some of the things that I do want to do. So yeah, I think it's changed over the years. I think I've probably not been great at it. Actually, I think it's probably something that I want to, I certainly know that I want to improve and I've actually got ideas and thoughts around that. And um, I know I'm obsessed with my planner, but oddly, my planner has helped visualize that better and visualize my year better. And so that was one of the things where I was actually quite excited to get my 2020 planner. I'm like, oh, it's coming, it's coming, the 2020 planner. Uh, because I actually already had things where I wanted to sit down and go, okay, you know, rather than reacting in the moment and suddenly going, oh my God, it's February Photo Fest or like Hyacinth's Every Day in June project, actually putting those in the planner and thinking beforehand, like, am I going to join in? I might not necessarily decide for sure. And obviously February Photo Fest, I'm going to join in because it's my thing. So that would be weird if I didn't, but, um, and I love it. So like, that's one of the ones where it's like, a project that will stay because it's really valuable to me creatively. So, uh, you know, I've answered that question about that one already. But, you know, something like Every Day in June, that is something that I might make a decision on in May, but at least with the fact that I want to, like, plan ahead and use those goals, it's in my head, it's in the schedule, rather than suddenly going, oh, my God, it's the 1st of June, should I do that? Um, so it's stuff like that where I kind of want to like have a better overview of the year and what's going to happen when goal wise. Yeah. Things we're back to things are complicated. So I'm not really sure. <laughs> well, it, it brings up a question <clears throat> to me based on how I sort of I, now look at my own goal planning. Do you have not for 2020, but bigger sense, bigger picture. Do you have a place you're trying to get to? as a blogger, as a smart lancer, as a creative? <laughs> no, I, yes, I do. But some of it is, yeah, uh, again. I'm not asking what it is. So, I think what I'm asking is when you're looking at that, are you thinking with whatever that is? It's totally yours. You don't have to tell so us. So, yeah, the answer is yes. And again, I feel like that has changed and shifted for me massively in the last six months because my personal life and my professional life in many ways have been quite overlapped and that's changing. And so then that's like looking about, well, how is that going to affect things ongoing? What do I want to do from this point forward? Where do I want to go? I think, you know, a year ago, if you'd asked me that question, um, my thoughts on what I wanted to do and where I was going to go is very different to that to where I find myself 12 months later where it's like actually massive change massive massive change huge shift and so that's shifted loads of those longer term goals and thoughts about where I want to be and what I want to do and how I'm going to do them so weirdly I've I guess I'm in a place of a bit starting it over in a lot of ways. And so, yes, I have a broader, bigger picture 
as you said, if we talk about the next, are we talking about the next 18 months or the next three years or the next five years? But I am purely, I feel like I'm very much starting afresh in those, in those areas. So yes, I do. I just, I've got a lot of work to do, I guess, in, for me in that department, in that area. I know that the circumstances around this are, are very stressful, but as a goal junkie and goal geek, the idea of starting kind of from scratch and saying, wait, this is a, a new-ish beginning. I'm yeah. sort of rewriting the script of my life. What do I want to do? Like, there's a part of me, regard not thinking specific of the why of this the idea of that is super exciting to me like there's sometimes there's a part of me that's like i want to blow it all up and i want to start from the ground up of course then i remember how long it can take to build something from the ground up and i go oh no that i'm tired already i'm tired before i start right and i think for me like i would say the ground has not blown up it's hugely shifted Mm -hmm. like i definitely have a core base of things and that I still very much want to do and that I strongly identify with. But there's also been massive change in that area too. So it's kind of like finding finding those two, getting those two things to align a bit better, I guess, um, and seeing how that's going to be. So it's all a bit unknown. Um, and yeah, I have work to do. And in some ways it is exciting, actually. You know what? I am excited by the opportunities maybe that are out there. I feel like I'm in a place where I know a lot of stuff. And I don't mean that in a, like, I'm not blowing my own trumpet way, but where I just, I feel more confident in what I know and my ability and perhaps what I can offer and what I could potentially do. Um, And so that puts me in a place where I feel like I can actually go, okay, you could do this, but, you know, do you want to do these things and which things do you want to do? So... Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the... Uh, I, I, I just feel like saying I might sound like I'm a bit of a fucking hot mess at the moment. I am actually not. Like, I am actually probably in a better place now than I've been for quite a long time with a much better clarity of thought and a self-awareness that I think is really strong. Like, really, really strong. And so, yes, I totally understand how you can see that for you that would be exciting and i'm excited by it too like i do feel excited and enthused um in so many ways my problem is i could have a thousand ideas and like you have to pick the right idea or the right ideas because otherwise you're working on a thousand ideas and they all end up being shit rather than you saying i'm going to do these two things and be do see if i can that can be a thing and and I agree with you completely. And that over the past few years is how my own um, thinking on goal setting has shifted. Um, something you said, though, that I definitely want to like highlight as a second voice saying yes to this. And I've got to do it, too. And I'm not looking forward to it. Um, it's the idea of listing everything you're already doing and reassessing what you need to con- to keep uh-huh. doing. I think a lot of people think I'm going to set goals. And what that means is they're supposed to make a list of all the new things they're going to be doing. Um, yes. I was with John Brownstone just the day before recording this episode, recording an episode for Loving BDSM. And we got to the end, what we call the 
bonus section where we just bullshit and it's not about the topic. And um, people were asking us, hey, in 2020, will you do this? Will you do this? Will you do this? And I'm like, I love all of these ideas and I have considered them and I, we are still considering them. I said, but for every new thing I take on, I have yeah. to let something else go. So, yeah. cause there's just only so much time in the day. So I think that's a key thing to remember for anybody out there trying to decide what do I want to get done or what do I want to work towards in 2020? If you are excited about a whole bunch of new ideas, the question I'm going to ask you to ask yourself is what are you letting go? Because yeah. I have many times fallen into the trap of, well, I'm doing these things well and I'm enjoying them, but they're not exciting anymore. So mm -hmm. let, what other new ideas do I have? I, I'm a chronic starter. I love to start <laughs> new stuff. I am not the chronic starter who never finishes things. What happens is my perfectionist side takes over and I mentally berate myself that I have started something and I have to finish it no matter how draining it is uh -huh. or how much maybe I find out yeah. it's not the right thing. And that has caused me to continue doing things until they came to kind of a natural end and then finally go, okay, no, you're not doing this anymore. But now, because I know that about myself, I actively stop myself from starting things because I don't want to get into that place again. Um, so now I have the personal rule. We are going to take on a new thing. Fine. What are we going to give up? Um, right. And I think this actually, this is really relevant actually in my situation too, because I feel like over the year, particularly perhaps over the last four or five years, particularly with adding in eroticon, what I have done over the last four or five years is literally just add another thing, add another thing, add another thing, add another project, add another thing. To the, where now I find myself going, okay, I want to do all these other, th I want to do some other things. I've got these other ideas. I've got these other opportunities, but there is no fucking time. And so that's where I've, I have, I have made that mistake. Learn from me, people. I have made that mistake where I have just literally added another project, added another, pro you know, project, added another gig, whatever it is. Um, and yeah, you can't, you cannot sustain that. You just cannot. It will literally eventually bring you to your knees. So I think, you know, sit down, look at literally everything you do professionally, but also even like maybe personally, some of the stuff where you're like, actually, do I need to be doing all this stuff? Do I, is some of this stuff just a distraction? You know, how can I manage this stuff better? Um, and do all the projects that I do meet some kind of criteria for you like maybe you earn money for them that's absolutely something that you would that's a criteria you know you benefit from it in some other way but there are, i know that there are projects there where i'm like what like i'm i'm putting in a lot of work but what am i actually getting back like what what is that return and the return doesn't have to be money i guess that's what i'm trying to say the return doesn't always have to be money because sometimes the return is something else and that's fine too. But what is it? What is the return? I agree completely. I think the other thing, and this comes to an, another point that's been on my mind lately. And actually the thing that sort of made me go, what about it is, so there is a philosophy and goal setting that every goal you set 
and I agree with some of it. It should be actionable. It should be realistic. It should be something, it can't be like totally fuzzy of I'm going to earn money. Well, how much money? And is it money? Mm-hmm. Is it a full-time income? Is it a part-time income? Like, what's the goal? You have to name it and you have to get specific. But the, uh, the part of goal setting that I am learning to not completely agree with is that there has to be a time frame on it. So mm-hmm. we're talking about 2020 goals and what's... Um, Interesting to me is I have had the same goal now for the past two years. I've never put a date on it. I've never said to myself, you have to have this done by the end of 2019, yes. 2020. There are some goals that do have dates on them. Eroticon is one. It, you set a right. date. You can't really say, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm actually, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm going to let that run on until June because right. everyone's going to rock up in March and go, where are you? Right, exactly. So obviously certain Things have a timeline. They have a deadline. Client work has a deadline. Um, mm-hmm. Bills that I need to pay or funds I need to raise, that's mm-hmm. got a deadline. But the larger goals that I, like my personal large goal is to earn full-time income, all my money from my effort and my projects and my content and my products. Right. And and if I do client work, it's because I love that client or I love that project, but not because... Rather than they're your, your bread and exactly. butter. That's the goal. And there's a school of thought that would say, oh, well, you need to put a time frame on that because that will um, get you to work a little bit harder towards it or get you to focus on it. And if you don't right. put a time frame on it, then it could just take forever. Well, I disagree with that from a personal stance because of my own anxiety. I know what that does to yeah. me. But then just the other day, like truly a day or two before we started recording this episode, I saw a video on YouTube um, from a YouTuber. He's got like 2 million subscribers. He's only been on YouTube a couple of years. His name's Matt Diavelia. I will link to this video in um, the show notes for anybody who wants to see it. It's called the three-year rule. And it's this idea, and it's kind of with goal setting. It's also kind of with projects. It's this idea that instead of saying, I'm going to start this thing, podcast was the example he used in the video, and it's going to be a success by the end of the year. Like the whole point is to make it a success. In this case, what he's saying is you start this project and you give yourself three years to do it, not three years to hit a certain level, not Mm -hmm. three years and it's fully financially sustainable on its own, but three years to do it to see Uh what kind of progress you make, to get good at it, to figure out your audience. And once either before or once that three-year mark hits, then you reassess and you go, okay, am I happy doing this? Was this a success? Did I want to stop it? The point being that um, projects, especially in the sphere that we're in, where we're trying to create content or build a career or make a a podcast that gets, you know, downloads or a YouTube channel that gets subscribers. All of those things take time. And so the danger of saying, well, my goal for 2020 is to have a full-time income from smut lancing. And that's the goal is that it does not take into account that none of that happens overnight for the vast majority of us. Anybody you see who just seems to rock it out of nowhere, that was pure, that was skill, but that was also luck. That was, Things uh-huh. they could not possibly have controlled. Um, and for the rest of us, it uh-huh. just takes time and effort and consistency and putting in the the work day in, day out. And it also takes the pressure off. It also allows you to ma- make more mistakes and take more risks because instead of thinking every decision I make 
for this year's goal is super, super important and I better get it right. And then you turn yourself into a mess to trying to trying to reach a goal or decide what you're supposed to do next. You go, wait, I've got time. I can try this. I cannot try this. If it doesn't work, that's fine. I still have two years left in the plan. I still have three years left in the plan. Uh Or I'm not trying to get to a specific number. I'm not trying to get to a specific Uh dollar amount. I'm just trying to make this thing work in this given time. So I would say if you are setting your goals for 2020, you might have the specific action plan for 2020. Like in order to get to the three-year project of being a sex blogger who makes money from your sex blog through affiliate sales products, Uh whatever, that's the three or four year goal. But what are you going to do in 2020 that helps you get to that goal? I think that allows you to then make more reasonable, realistic, actionable plans that then feed into your overall goal. It's kind of why I asked, not asking for the details, but if you had a place in mind you were trying to get to, because then the decisions you make for 2020, there are all kinds of reasons to make decisions, but the ones that are specific to your professional or even personal goal setting for the year would then need to Uh be, in my opinion, something that feeds into that overall long-term plan. So Uh I know that having this sort of, jolt from watching this video of wait instead of looking at the smut lancer as a thing i'm somehow miraculously supposed to turn into something in 2020 what if i go back and even though it's i'm now in the third year of it i started it in 2017 here we are it's almost 2020 what if i start fresh and say okay i've done the work from the past few years but i've not done it through the lens of that i've got time And so Uh what if I say, okay, 2020, Smutlancer exists in its current form, but I want to take it to a place or I want it to one day be a thing that helps achieve goals. Okay, that's a three-year plan. Now, what am I going to do in 2020 that gets me a little bit closer? A little bit towards that. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you're absolutely spot on. And um, actually, I was thinking whilst you were talking, actually, and I do actually have a kind of place that I want to get to and it actually coincides with I guess it's kind of like 20 months from now and it coincides with my daughter going to university I'm not going to give the details of it because it's kind of like stuff um to do with money and stuff but yes so I actually do have one of those where I'm like here is a here is a point where I have to get to some place by this point and so what I am trying to do now is concentrate on what is going to help me get to that point and what actually perhaps do I need to set aside so that maybe I can start some other new things that might help me get to that point. And that's how I look at goal setting these days. When people ask, how do you set your goals? How do you set your goals? That's how I view it. It's I I know what the ultimate goal is that I want to achieve. Um, I'm Uh just now starting to get more comfortable talking about it publicly. There was a part of me that was like, if I admit that I want to be one of those online content creators who like makes money from it, lightning's going to strike. I don't know. Um, but it means that once I identify the big goal, that's how I goal set. So for people out there going, well, how do you figure out what you're going to do for the next year? I'm going to look at, like you say, what you're currently doing, what I'm, what I want to, or think, uh, you know, is important to continue. Want to be doing. 
what I, what is not serving me, what is not good for my energy, what I just maybe just don't even want to do. And I think that's another thing. You have to give yourself permission to go, I know I was excited about that thing a year ago, two years ago, right. and I'm just not anymore. And the only person telling me that I'm supposed to keep doing this is me. So I'm mm-hmm. going to tell me that I don't have to. Um, and then the decisions I make from there are the things that with a long-term view of having and needing time, years, y'all, to accomplish these goals, now I'm going to uh-huh. set actionable steps that I can hopefully achieve this year. And I, and the, the acronym that's used for these kinds of goals where you put a time on it is called SMART. It's specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. And I don't disagree with the idea of SMART goals. I think, though, that it is very easy to, the time one is the one that makes me the most nervous for people because I think certain things make sense. Like we said, you have a deadline, you have an event date, you, you know, promised a thing by a time. Okay, yes, your goals that help you achieve that, you've you've got to have a time limit on it. I think, though, that saying that you are definitely going to achieve a thing by the end of 2020 can become dangerous because it Mm -hmm. leaves no room for real life to kick your ass. (laughs) It leaves no room for illness, for financial struggles, for kids stuff, for parents stuff, for Mm -hmm. anything. And so I think when you set and it sets you it sets you up for failure. I think so too. I think it's fine to have a you know what? I'm going to publish three blog posts this month. And you set that at the beginning of the month and you tell yourself sure. that's what you're going to do. I think there also has to be room for oh shit, my month's just what happened here. And instead of t- using our goals to beat ourselves up and call ourselves failures, we go well, okay, that didn't work. Let's start from fresh, you know, from scratch. Let's start fresh the next month. Okay, I didn't meet that goal for January. I'm not a failure. Let's move forward for February. What am I going to try and do in February? Or, well, maybe that number, that arbitrary, y'all, any number you pick is truly arbitrary and is only meaningful to you. So it also means you can change that number. My favorite, and I think Cara has done amazing with it, is what? She she told herself for this year she was going to get 100 rejections. Yes. That is a wonderful goal to have for the year. I think that's a wonderful number. Also, if all she got was 50 because life happened to her and she didn't get to do as much as she wanted, she is still successful because not reaching the arbitrary number you set for yourself does not mean you failed. Never starting, might you might want to call that, okay, I failed at that goal. We'll just go, mm, didn't do that. Right. But any number you get beyond zero of not having started at all, you've accomplished something. You've learned something new. You've moved forward in your goals. You have done something that you hadn't done before. So you've gained experience. So when you put a number on a goal for yourself, if that pushes you and that helps you move forward, great, do it. It also is your number. You can change it. You did not fail Mm -hmm. because you did not meet the arbitrary number that only you can set for yourself. (laughs) Nobody else can set this number for you. You get to set it. Yeah. You get to change it. Um, So I just, as, as helpful as smart 
goals can be, especially when they help encourage you to take action and move forward and really think about the things you're trying to accomplish. I just, I'm very mindful of that timeliness part because of what I've done to myself in the past, because of how I have looked at how I didn't get something done by, you know, let's use, I think it was the highest since June project where you write every damn day in June. And I enjoy that, even though that by the end of June, I am exhausted. There is something about it at this point that is just exhausting. I love it. And what happens to people, and I saw this happen this year, and I think it might have even happened to me. I think I missed a day, maybe two days out of the whole month. Yeah, I did too. And I have a, go on. So here's what happens. Instead of saying, wow, I just blogged 28 days out of 30. Yes. We go. I missed two. I missed two. I suck. Like that is my problem with certain numbers being assigned to indicate success or that you have achieved the goal. So, right. So this brings me back to something I've talked about a few times on the podcast here and that's self-forgiveness because I think it's hugely powerful. And when I decided to do every damn day, and nearly that was nearly turned into a tongue twister then, every damn day in June, I promised myself that I would not beat myself up if I miss days. That I because I also wrote in the rules like do it if you miss a day like don't care because I probably will like do, do the best you can. And I really liked that. I really liked her attitude. Was like yay, join in, do what you can. Like nobody's going to come around the the every damn day in June. Police aren't going to turn up at your door when you miss a day. And so I really took that on board and was like forgive yourself if you if you miss and I think I know I missed one I think I maybe missed two but see I don't even know because I had one set myself that expectation to begin with I was going to absolutely do my best but if I missed one or two I was just gonna let it go just let it go you miss that day let it go move on create something the next day it like nobody is going to come and get you for it and that then leads me back into the whole like self-forgiveness and I just I cannot tell you this year how much I have thought about self-forgiveness. I have discovered it, how powerful it is. I, I know I need to write about this subject, but it's been possibly the most liberating thing that I have discovered about myself because I've realized that I can do it and actually how good it is for me in so many ways because it does allow you to be like, you can say, oh, well, okay, I got that wrong or whatever, you know, whatever the thing is, you still need to be self-aware in that sense. But at the end of the day, at the end of that moment, whatever the thing is, actually being able to say, well, there's a thing. What did I get out of it? I learned this thing. I missed two days. It doesn't really matter. I forgive myself for that. Like you, it allows this release, I think, this letting go where you, otherwise you end up basically beating yourself with your own shitty stick um and that's actually really detrimental i find and as a place that i have lived in for quite a long time and it's not helpful it's not helpful to me and it's certainly not fucking productive um so yeah massive massive shout out yet again for self forgiveness but something else i also want to bring up you talk about smart goals i it's so weird that i also listened to a podcast literally about a week ago about goal setting again i will send kayla the link i will it to this but it is a podcast called Quick Brain um, with Jim Quick. 
and I've been listening to it on and off. I discovered it and I kind of was listening to recent episodes and then I realized that actually he had like a whole load of back content. So I have gone back and I've literally been listening from episode one. Um, and so each day I listen to, I try to listen to one, sometimes two, no more because otherwise they all just kind of start to or smerge into like one big thing and you forget each one. I love them because like each episode at the most is like 20 minutes. Some of them are 15. So it's really snappy stuff, quick ideas in all kinds of topics, but to do with developing your brain. Anyway, he did an episode called Goals Done Right, uh, with somebody called Dr. Jeff Spencer. And he actually talks about smart goals and he talks about how, because a lot of the work that he's done is with athletes and how athletes actually aren't interested in smart goals. They're interested in the right goal. And so he's come up with a list where right stands for things. So right goal is, is the goal relevant? What are the indicators? I'm just spewing this off. Listen to the podcast and I will link to another thing where it's like, I'm not going to explain all of them because otherwise we'll be here for like another hour. Um, the G in right stands for gravity. And gravity means like, is there a magnetism between our goal and between us to our goal and our goal to us? So basically, are you drawn to, to it? Um, the H stands for height. Our goal must have a certain elevation and value. Also, in terms of the goal itself, it must be a place that our mind, body, soul believes in. So again, you can read all this and you'll see. And T, this is why I suddenly came to it, because T is for time. And what I thought was really interesting about his time is he said that there are three times. Time is three things. And number one is the sense that it is the right time to pursue this goal. And he said, and you know that that is, you see, yeah, I lo- this is a good to- time. This is a good goal, but it's not the right time for it. That's actually for next time or for, for further on. So is it the right time to do it? The second thing that time is, is do you have the time to execute it? So can it fit in with what you do? And that's where we then get back to, well, could I cut something out in order to do this? So that's like how all this fits together as a bigger picture. And then, of course, the third thing is the third type of time is the inception of time starting when the goal begins and completing the goal. And does that work for you? So he doesn't say like a time is a year or a month or a week. He's saying what is that time? You define that time. And does that time work for you? So does it get you like in my case, I have this goal that's potentially 20 months ish roughly from now. So the things that I'm looking at need one of those questions I should ask myself is, does it fit into that time frame that I have that's actually imposed on me by other situations? You know, I haven't imposed that on myself, essentially. It's because of things that will change at that point. So I just thought it's really interesting because he's very much like, this is not you, your time doesn't there is no definition of how long it takes you can decide like you know as you and you have said like the three year rule is perfectly um acceptable time frame to to have your goal in and that's one of the things i've always kind of been a bit leery about the whole new year thing because otherwise you're like, well, there was this year and I didn't do it in this year. And it's why years ago when I did the 101 things in 101 days or whatever, 101, da- 101 things in 101, in 1,001 days. I really like that because actually it basically gave you two and a half years to complete your list. And it was like, actually, that's a much more realistic time frame 
than saying, right, I'm giving myself a year for this. It may be that there are some projects and goals that you you are giving yourself a year for and they are realistic, but then it doesn't have to be that. You're absolutely right. It doesn't have to be that. Your goal may be 20 months, your goal may be three years, your goal may be thing. But I just thought it was really interesting that he's kind of moving away from the whole smart goal thing to write goals. Like, is the goal right rather than is it smart? And as I said, I will link and so you can read more because yeah I, i'm not gonna like redo his podcast and i'm also not dr jeff dr jeff spencer so <laughs> otherwise i'm basically just like nicking his work i guess but interesting go look at it i think it's really uh useful in this thinking about this subject. i think it's fascinating because i would have said depending on the type of person you are because everybody does this a little bit differently some of us are just chronic overachievers over schedulers over planners that smart goals the concept of smart goals can be used i'm not saying that they automatically are i'm not saying everybody does this but they can be used to perpetuate this constant hustle and grind like i set myself uh-huh. this big ass to-do list for 2020 and i gotta be doing it and i gotta be going because I said I would do this by this day and it leaves no room for, you know, what is good for you, what's best for you, what's, and that's why I like how he's referred to it as the right goals because ultimately the right goals for me will be different from the right goals for you. Sometimes like with Molly and I, some of our goals are hopefully gonna overlap (laughs) and we will have some of the right goals together. And then, yeah, there is a negotiation of how is this going to work so it works for both of us? How are we going to make this work? But when you're setting your own goals, there's no, you know, nobody's grading these goals. Nobody is looking at them going, "Mm, were those the smartest goals you could set? Like, fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. Can I just say that? I need a shirt that just says fuck that shit. Um, (laughs) Me too. I know. Just, we'll just see, we're already kind of bitchy. We'll just walk around with those shirts on. Um, and the other thing I was thinking about. I, I want one that I want, sorry, because total fucking segue here. I want one that says you're shitting me, right? You need That's what that. I and then you just need to like, Cause that, I'm point like, your chest at somebody, sh- like just read my shirt. Yeah. You're shitting me, right? Uh, yes, I think you do. <laughs> I think you do need that. I'm thinking there's some Smutlancer merch in our future. <laughs> just random shit we say on t-shirts because i'm gonna try and make a dollar out of everything sorry um (laughs) i got goals y'all i got goals the thing that i have done to myself and i think i'm mostly better about and the thing i watch happen to other creators online um is that we forget that nobody cares about our goals other than ourselves. And on some level, that yes. can be kind of isolating. You're like, nobody gives a shit what I'm doing, which that's not what I'm saying. And I, I don't think that's true at all. I think the people who genuinely care about you, if you share what you're trying to do, they will be a cheerleader for you. They'll yeah. uplift you. But my point in saying that is that that means you get to change your mind. That means there's no such thing as a pure failure if you don't meet a goal you've set for yourself. You know, are there moments we fall flat on our face and we fuck up and we make a mistake and, you know, we didn't execute a thing well? Believe me, every time I don't execute a thing well, I make sure to do it where everybody can see it. Yes, it happens. 
but there is no scorecard in the sky. There is nobody, you know, known as like the sex blogger God who is watching over all of us, deciding who is doing this better and who achieved their goals right. better and whose goals are better than that. these are all inherently personal. They're in, I would say within our total control, meaning our circumstances around us might not be within our control. So that can affect our ability to reach our goals or set our goals. But whether we say that a thing is a goal, that's up to us. Whether we say, hey, I'm going to follow the path I set for myself on December 15th, 2019, even though I'm not even that same person as I was then. And it's now sure. November 2020. Like we have total control over that. So that means that when you start getting that feeling of, oh, no, I haven't done the things I, you know, 2019 me said that 2020 me would do. You, you're not yeah. letting anybody down. You're not failing. You're not, you don't suck at this. You get to change whatever it is you're doing to fit your reality today and moving yeah. forward. And I feel like if more people understood the power that they have over their own goals, what tends to happen is we set a goal and then we somehow give that goal all the power over our lives. Like I can't do anything because yes. I'm only working on this goal. And that's a little bit where that hustle and grind culture can come into. Um, and I love a certain amount of hustle and grind. When I'm in the zone and I'm hustling and I'm grinding, I feel really good. But I also am not hustling and grinding 24-7 because that just doesn't work. But it's easy to internalize that of if I'm not always doing this thing towards my goal, I somehow suck, even if that thing does not fulfill me, it does not work, it does not fit my life. And that, I would say, is the narrative shift we have to have about our own goals. You control the goal. The goal should not control you. And that means you get to change any aspect of that goal at any moment to fit your current reality. And if it means you uh -huh. can go back to your original plan in a couple of weeks or a couple of months or a couple of years, great. But I have found uh -huh. every time I've made a shift in my goal that what I learned was 2018 me had higher high aspirations and 2019 me is dealing with a different reality so making that shift away from the aspirational from before that was not based in the reality of today i tend to find a better path forward that works better for me and then i tend to see more success i tend to get more downloads i tend to get more views i tend to get more what like whatever it is i'm trying to make more money whatever it is i'm trying to achieve the moment I get myself on the actual path that works for me in the moment, then things will start clicking. But when I try and force uh -huh. myself to keep following an old path, because I told myself I would, then everything becomes a struggle. So right. that is the other thing I would say to keep in mind moving forward, especially if you're, you're at the, here at the end of 2019 when you're listening and you're looking back over your plans for 2019, your goals, your aspirations, and you're beating yourself up because you didn't reach any, some of those things. Like, Right, which is a little bit where I found myself with the whole like decade thing as well. And even like this year, particularly, this year has been like a bit of a, huh, let's just put that to one side. Anyway, but it's not hugely helpful to me right at this point to look back at, at last, uh, you know, this time last year and go, well, what have I done this year? It that Actually, for me currently, it's not a hugely helpful conversation to have with myself. It's mainly one that would probably make me feel sad. Um, 
So, and I think it's perfectly fine to say that, to go, well, if this isn't productive. This isn't going to move me forward. It's just going to drag me back into all that. Whereas, and actually, I, I should just set that aside and go, okay, well, that was a year. So let, let's like move forward. So I think that, that kind of brings me back to that thought. Um, and the other thing I just wanted to say, when you said like nobody cares about your goals, you're right about that. Nobody does care about your goals, but there also can be people who do care about your goals if you need that to happen. And sometimes some of the goals that you may have may involve working with other people. And so sharing your goals and being clear about them um, is really important and can be really powerful. And that may be a partner. Um, it may be, it, it may be, it like in Kayla and I's sense, it's a, a, colla- a working collaboration and obviously a friendship. But so kind of being aware of each other's goals or, and certainly where our goals overlap, where we have decided to do a project together. Um, you know, in that sense, I do care about Kayla's goals and she cares about mine. But in the sense that we are trying to nurture each other as opposed to like, you know, uh, hold, I, and yes, but maybe there is an element of holding each other accountable because that also helps everybody to do work and move forward, but not in the sense of then like beating each other up if we don't achieve it. More in the sense of sitting down going, ah, oh, hmm, that's interesting. Why didn't we get there or whatever? You know, how what could we have done? What should we do kind of thing? So you can totally find people or you may have goals that involve other people caring about your goals. But the point of that is that that even in that situation is try not to let that become a situation where somebody is like where basically somebody is beating you up about your goals so that sharing should be a productive part of it rather than a kind of like truly just accountability where you're kind of like going oh my god this is awful and now I feel terrible because I haven't done it and because that's not helpful to anybody um so sharing your goals with people and, and understanding how that can be useful is a good thing. But it can also be, yeah, be careful that you don't, aren't having somebody or that you aren't in a situation where your goal thing does become, I don't know, the goal police. Exactly. If the place you find or the people you find to share your aspirations and goals with only serves as a stressor, then it is not helpful. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what I was trying to say. And and that is a lovely, lovely segue into plugging the Smutly Answers community through Patreon. Yes. Um, we're at the five dollar. And level. I, we totally didn't set that no, up, by the didn't. way, just in case all the listeners like none of this is scripted. No, God, we no. just so you know, we literally agree a topic. Sometimes we have a little bit of a dabble around it. Mostly we don't. And we literally just kind of go for it. So this is not scripted. There was no, this was not like uh, she set me up and I set her up for this. It, this is no. totally o- organic. It, it is uh, so unscripted. I'm actually typing out the show notes as we hit points. Like it's just a whatever. No. And that actually, but that does sort of bring up this thing that we, um, that it was actually requested by the members of our Slack community. If you join us on, through Patreon, patreon.com slash the smutland answers with an s at the end the smut lancers um they wanted a place where they could share successes in the slack channel um they wanted a place where they could be held accountable so they could say i am going to do this this week and somebody could give them like a gentle nudge and go hey did you did you happen to do that um and the it's we are a teeny tiny community there right now as of date of recording but oh my god it is like the most just 
beautiful thing. The people who participate in Slack, and there's no expectation that everybody participates all the time. You do it on your own time at your own comfort level. They are so affirming of one another. Like there are days I feel like crap because I can't get in to like answer a question or to give somebody the thumbs up, the virtual thumbs up and high five that they need. And it doesn't matter. 10 other people got in there before me and they were like, good for you. Or that is awesome. You achieved your, you know, weekly goal. That's so great. You know, so that is a community that you are free to join. Um, We did meet virtually through a Skype chat. Um, somebody who, um, is new to the community and does not really consider themselves quote, a smut Lancer. They, um, are more of a personal blogger. They are not writing about like sex education or any of that, or even erotic fiction. They're just sort of writing about their own experience. And they were like, uh, this, I didn't know it could be this way. And I feel, you know, this is a space where I feel welcome. And I, I feel like I can grow and ask these questions. So if Smut Lancers, Patreon is not your thing, that's cool. Find yourself a community. Find yourself legitimate friends who will support you. Uh-huh. Even if, uh-huh. I mean, poor John Brownstone, long before I ever wrangled him in to do podcasts with me, he didn't understand a damn thing I was doing and he was still supportive of it. <laughs> and he was still sure. like, go you, what can I do to help? And in whatever capacity you can, whether it's a Twitter friend or it's a Patreon or it's a, it's a something, find somebody or multiple somebodies who you can go to and say, I'm trying to do this thing and today I feel discouraged or, hey, I have this goal and I achieved it. And then you have somebody to kind of celebrate with you. Um, and then make sure you give as good as you receive. Like, don't let it, you know, be the person who is also uplifting others and you know cheering them on as they um work towards their own goals too um but yeah community is huge in um in in a a goal setting goal you know achieving your goals working as a content creator working in an online space where it can feel very very isolating sometimes um i will honestly say i until molly and i sort of started our collaboration i was flailing i felt like there was nobody I could talk to who sort of understood where I was now. I, because a lot of what I do now is I teach other people what I know. It means that some of them have not had the experiences that I've had. And so I didn't feel mm-hmm. like I could always talk to people and, and that they could relate. And it was always like I was speaking another language. And then here's Molly. I could be like, I could Skype message her and go, this happened and I am so stressed out. And she's like, same. I totally get it. You are not alone. And that that has done wonders as well. It it also um one of the things and this is running long but this is a big topic and I told myself I wanted to make sure I talked about this. One of the problems I had with goal setting um a couple of years ago and it messed me up. It made me afraid to set new goals was that, like I said earlier, I started trying to do way too much. I had all these ideas I am a chronic starter. I love having new ideas. Like, oh my God, it, oh, it's so exciting to have a new idea um, and to, to visualize it and to map it out. And oh, it is so exciting to me. Um, but I had done that, done that so often and then beat myself up mentally and emotionally that I had to finish things even if they weren't a good fit, that I just stopped doing new things. I, I was afraid of it. I was afraid that I would start something and not finish it or that I would start something and force myself to finish it and then be miserable. And it like, I just, I 
legitimately just went had a year or so where I went, nope, nope, I'm not even I'm not even thinking about what I could do. I can only do what I'm doing and stay in that lane. And that's not a bad thing necessarily. It cer certainly, I think, forced me to focus on what um, I had already been doing, um, but it didn't really allow me space to dream and to allow myself that space to have new ideas. And I love having new ideas. Like, oh my God, I can feel all the neurons firing when I have a new idea. Um, and what has been so nice about not even, not just finding my collaboration partner, but my support system for my own stuff is that yeah. now, oh my God, Molly and I get on a private Skype chat and we're like, we have so many ideas and it is exhilarating and it's exciting. And then I think yeah. because there's accountability, because there's somebody else working towards a mutual goal that now it's like, not only am I excited about these ideas, I'm excited about starting them and implementing them because I know we're going to hold each other accountable. And yet we're also, because we both understand the importance of self-forgiveness, we're also going to be kind to one another and ourselves. And on yeah. the days I can't, we can't be kind to ourselves, the other one will be kind to us. Yeah. And also I feel like we've set ourselves, so we set ourselves this little goal to try and get something ready for January. But I think that we also agreed that it was the ideal outcome, not the absolute definite outcome. Right. And I think that that is because we're both very busy. We're both currently still involved in many other projects and blah, 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 blah. And so although we're kind of working away at it, it was like, let's be realistic. Like, we totally want to do this. We totally want to get this ready. This would be our ideal launch date. But actually agreeing together that it was the ideal launch date rather than the must launch date um i think was actually a, well, really sensible for a start <laughs> how did we do that i don't know <laughs> um, otherwise we'd be killing each other right now but i think it sh it like that the I guess the point i'm trying to make is to have some realism of it and i think that that's where we come back to that like time as well where i think when we even talked about this we knew to achieve this and have it ready by January is what we would ideally want, but it also was an ask. And so, and it's okay to say that. It's just that because otherwise, if you don't say that, I think, then you set yourself into a situation where you're like, oh, you're almost guaranteeing to fail because you haven't actually given yourself the space to go, okay, this is the ideal situation. But if not, here's some alternative situations that still mean we've achieved. We just didn't hit that first game. Um, so, yeah, I just think, you know, those things, Some be realistic, I guess. Exactly. And if you can do it for yourself and you, you know, can have that capacity to just go, okay, I, I internalize this and I can do that, great. And if you can't, find a community, find a person, find a friend, you know, it doesn't have to be a hundred people, y'all. You just need one. You just need one person yeah. that you can have these you know, kinds of interactions with, and then just remember to be that person for that, your friend or somebody else and give back what you receive. Another thing that has helped, uh, this is not my idea, but oh my God, it has helped me so much. Um, I got it from Misha Elliott. She is an erotic author and a blogger. And I don't know that she came up with it or she got it from somewhere else, but she is the one who introduced me to this concept. When you are planning your year, um, and this one would be more of a yearly thing. She talked about picking a word of the year. And that is a word that um, you kind of sort of encompasses 
maybe what you're trying to achieve, or it's something you can come back to so that when a new, bright, shiny idea comes to the forefront of your mind, you can be like, oh, does this, does this fit with my word? The year, the year I heard about it, I think it was 2018. I think I've talked about it in a past podcast. Don't anybody quote me. Anybody who has listened to the back catalog will know better than I do. <laughs> I say it and then I totally forget it, y'all. I don't, I don't know. I just, brain, mouth, gone. Um, but one of those years after discovering that and learning about that concept, um, my word was intention because I had been so scattered. I was following any bright, shiny idea that excited me uh-huh. regardless of whether it worked. And then I was stressing myself out and then I was killing myself over nothing. And then I was going through all these issues that we've been trying to warn you about this whole episode. And me having that word met every time a bright, shiny idea came to mind, I had to say, does this fit? Because I'm living this year with intention. My intention is to, then I had to define what I meant. My intention is to work towards these goals or my intention is to, um, we have many times mentioned the hellacious eroticon where all of my sites died for like six weeks and it was traumatic and I still struggle with it. I can tell you that was 2018. It is late uh-huh. 2019. My numbers on my websites are fi- have finally come back and are now a- ahead of where they were pre-crash 2018, okay? crash again yeah. <laughs> on all my sites. Um, and that was my intention. Everything I needed to do needed to bring those numbers back because I could not grow further until I got back to baseline. That was how I looked at it. So I used the word intentional and to do things with intention because any decision I made needed to feed that main goal. Get your numbers uh-huh. back. Get back to baseline so you can grow from there because nothing is growth until you get back there. And now I'm actually at a loss for what my word of 2020 needs to be because I was intentional. <laughs> we got there. It took a year and a half, y'all. I'm really glad I didn't say I had to get it done by the end of 2018 or an uh-huh. arbitrary date. Um, so that is another concept to think about when you're trying to figure out how you're going to plan your big, big goal that doesn't necessarily have a timeline to it and maybe shouldn't. And also your actionable steps that truly we call them goals and they're actionable steps. This this is what you're going to do to get to your big goal. Call them goals. If you want, call them steps, call them a to-do list. It doesn't matter. Um, But I like that idea of having a word that every time I think of that word, it brought me back to what my main intention was for the year. This is what I wanted to Uh achieve this year. And that word matches. So that is another thing I wanted to sort of slip in here for this episode. Can I steal your word? Right ahead. I might reuse it quite frankly. I was going to say, like, I'm sitting here thinking, what would my word be? And then everything you say, I'm like, oh yeah, that. And so then I'm like, oh, can I have your, like, I don't want no, anything. You may have my word. I can't think of, thank you. One of, was it this year? Sharing, sharing is caring. caring. One of the other words I've used, and I think this year, I think I had two words. I think it was still intention and also focus because again, because bright. Sh- but see, that was something I, I was literally just contemplating. Focus. Is that my word? F- um, my bright, shiny idea, loving brain will not always focus. And so that does, yeah. it brings me back. It's when, just like I said, that you can change any goal that you have 
And it's okay if you don't meet a goal by a deadline. Like if shit happens, okay, it's totally understandable. There's also the danger of getting bored with your goals or not seeing, quote, success fast enough by whatever measure and metric you're using. And so then you go, oh, I kind of don't want to do that anymore. I want to go do this bright, shiny thing because this gives me a good dopamine hit and I'm, I'm loving it because it's new and it's fun. And I could put all my hopes and dreams into these brand new goals that I'm going to try uh-huh. in July. Um, and you, we always have that freedom to do that. But I would say if, if you uh-huh. have a word or a phrase that you want to encompass your year or your goal, doesn't even have to be a year, um, that might help bring you back from the edge of, I'm going to let all my other plans burn to the ground because they're kind of boring right now. They require work. They didn't happen as fast as I wanted them to. Like all the things that can derail our very good intentions and things that might work for us, because that's the other thing, You certain goals will not work in the first month, the first six months, the first year. It's what you're doing long term. And then you have to give them time to like sit and work and cook and be found by the right audience and give yourself time to get better at it. And it's why I really like that video about the three-year rule where they were talking about a podcast. You don't, you do not achieve massive success in a brand new podcast in the first year you might not in the first three years Uh you have to give yourself time but it's very easy to go oh those goals i set at the beginning of the year they're clearly not working so i'm gonna burn them to the ground Uh and i'm gonna go and maybe if you have a uh, a word or a phrase that can bring you back to to reality and that you can focus on that and then you can say okay okay is it that i need to change these goals and redo them or am I, am I just frustrated with the time this is taking? And then that can uh-huh. help you decide or make help you make smarter decisions about when it's time to change a goal and when it's time to go, I'm going to write that new fun idea down on a list somewhere and we will come back to it and I will reassess in a few months. I will look at it later. That's the other thing. I think I know I get this way. When I have a lot of ideas and a lot of goals, I somehow convince myself that if I don't start them immediately, they will disappear into the ether never to come back. <laughs> yes. Which is why that if we're back to Dr. Jeffrey Spencer, his thing about is it the right goal is because those other goals, they might not be right now, but like write them down, keep them. And I thought that was really useful as well because he's like, you're not dismissing them. You're just saying not right now. Exactly. And they might be even more viable later. I have a couple of ideas that, oh my God, are pounding at my brain. And I know right now they're not right for me Uh but i i also because mm, i love a good a new idea oh i just it's like my kink y'all it's oh my god i love ideas um and so yeah i'm having to have that internal conversation that this idea Uh might be a great one but it's not going to fit right now it's going to ruin everything else you've like been trying to work on just write it down if you write it down or type it in a document i don't care digital analog whatever your way of keeping information long term use it it you won't lose this idea what might happen is in six months you might look at it and go i don't even know what i meant by that which means (laughs) it clearly was not a long-term idea that you had to follow it was a a moment's musing that was bright and shiny and new and you got it temporarily excited about so yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to listen to that episode because that sounds right up my alley. Not <laughs> right. Right goals are right up my alley. 
Okay. Nicely done. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. I could keep talking about this, but I'm not going to. Um, do you right. have any parting thoughts that you... No, I mean, you're right. Massive subject. I feel like... Oh, my one parting thought is, don't feel like this is something you have to do at the end of the year. Yes. You can literally be like, oh, it's April. I'm going to sit down and do some goal planning. Um, because otherwise it's really easy to be like, oh, well, I only do it at the end of the year. And uh, like, if you're inspired, if you have a thing, like add it in. Do, yeah, it doesn't need to be an end of the year thing. We just decided like it's a natural break for many people. Um, and so it seemed like the right topic for now. But yeah, really, truly, um, I would say don't feel like this is something that you can't be like, oh, I don't have to. I've listened to this episode. This is really interesting. It's something I need to do, but I don't have time for it right now. I'm actually going to tackle it in February. Good for you. That's absolutely fine. It doesn't have to. You don't have to do it now. You don't have to do it over the Christmas holidays. Just, you know, when it when it works for you. Um, it's always a valid thing to do. I agree completely. So we're going to leave it on that note. Um just a little, little, one more little nudge, one more little reminder. Um, you can join us uh, through Patreon at the Smutlancers community, patreon.com slash the Smutlancers, link in the show notes, um, where you get access to community mm -hmm. and you get access to group chats and you get access to one-on-one -on -one conversations with us to get your questions answered, to get support, um, to get more knowledge. And as... Molly and I move forward with our other super secret plans. You get early access to all of that. Um, and there are, will be other perks as we develop them. I think 2020 and beyond is going to be big time, big time. Um, fun stuff. So patreon.com slash the small answers. And we uh -huh. will talk to y'all next week. Yes, we will. Yes, we will.